Good morning. I invite you to sing with us. Come, let us worship and bow down. worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people to believe that it's September when we have a day with 36 degrees, but it is September, and so we start a new season. And it's the long weekend, some people are away, um, but for those of you who have made this a priority today to come, thank you. I'm glad that you're here and that we can worship together. Call to worship this morning is found in Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, <clears throat> and with him is full redemption. He himself will re redeem Israel from all their sins. Please bow with me in prayer. God, we acknowledge that you are our maker and the sustainer of life. Thank you for the gift of this day and the opportunity we have to gather with your people. Some of us have come with joy in our hearts and others are filled with worries and sorrow. Wherever we are at, you promise to meet us here and we thank you. We are all sinners in need of your forgiveness and grace. Thank you for the forgiveness and peace that you offer. Turn our hearts to you, Lord, I pray. Amen. If you are able, I invite you to stand and join with us as we sing.
as we sing this next song, Jesus Strong and Kind, I invite you to think about sort of the progression. In the first three verses, it talks about um, us coming to Jesus. And then in the fourth verse, he comes to us. And I just find that so powerful. And I, I hope that as we sing this song this morning, it'll be real to you, um, just the truths of this song. we read listen to my words Lord consider my lament hear my cry for help my King and my God for to you I pray in the morning Lord you hear my voice 
In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. for your faithfulness. Thank you that we can always trust in you. You are an abundant God, and out of your great mercy, you have given us so much. As we give you our gifts of money and service this week, we ask that you would use it for your kingdom and your glory. Amen. Good morning. Happy Labor Day Sunday. <laughs> I can't believe that the summer went by that quick. That's always the way of it though, isn't it? But if you have your bulletins on you, now's the time to pull them out. There's a couple things on there for us to go over and a couple things to add. So first off, today, 3 p.m., care home service. We are on deck for that. So I would ask that you come and join me and Elvira. It is going to be a great service. It always is. And it's a wonderful time to say hi to the residents as well. So 3 p.m. today uh, at the care home. Uh, I'd encourage you to come on out. Next Sunday, 10.45 a.m., next Sunday is going to be communion. And so I would ask that you start preparing yourself for that. 
Uh, also, as we know, the students are back to school this year, and that has some direct impacts on our church building as well, because that means that nursery school is starting up this coming Friday, if I am not mistaken. Yes, this coming Friday. So that means that we're back to year during the year policy where on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we try to, if we're going to stop by in the afternoons, just because uh, they have policy that if somebody they don't know is entering into the church, they need to go on lockdown. We'd prefer that we don't do that. So uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, that's when the nursery school is going to be running in the morning. They finish off at about 11.45, something like that. So, uh, we also want to pray that they have a good year. It'll be, uh, it is a wonderful thing. Uh, we'll tell you that from Noel going through it. And so, uh, we want to pray that they will have a good year and also the energy to keep it uh, going for the entire thing. It is a very energy intensive time. Also, we have something else new going on in the building this year. There is going to be violin uh, lessons that are going on on Thursday during the later morning and the early afternoon. I know for a fact that they are still looking for teachers. Uh, sorry, not teachers. Marla is the one that is teaching it as before. She is looking for more students. If any of you have dreams of becoming uh, violin players, then that would be the thing to do. Uh, get in touch with her. There's a poster on the back uh, there. Uh, and, and I'm going to try my best to see whether or not we can get her to have a recital during church or something. That'd be great. So if you're interested in violin, uh, there is going to be lessons here on Thursday. All right. Then skipping on down, McGregor Family Fun Day. As you know, we are in charge of the children's events for that fair weekend this day, uh, this year. I'm going to be asking a very weird thing. We managed to uh, procure a barrel train, kind of like you see at the Threshermen's uh, reunion, and that means that we need something to pull said barrel train. So if you happen to have a lawnmower, like a riding lawnmower, and don't mind driving it for a couple hours, uh, come talk to me. That would be a great way uh, to help out that day because I do, I have a push mower. Somehow I think that that is not quite the same thing when it comes to pulling a train of kids behind you, but I guess I could just kind of hold it and then just walk backwards the entire... No, nah, that's not going to work. If you have a riding lawnmower, come talk to me. Uh, otherwise, if you're interested in helping out, we need people to man bouncy castles. We need somebody to sit at a table. We need, if you know how to do face painting, then you can join for that as well. Uh, it is looking to be a wonderful day, so come talk to me. Or if you have some other event you want to do with the kids, it's not too late to add things on. And so, come talk to me. Uh, next, uh, Valley View, they have their harvest celebration on the 17th. That's going to be a pretty busy weekend, but it will be a good one. Uh, so, make sure to keep that in mind. You can find out more information about what is going on that day from uh, their website. I think it's going to be a supper this year, if I am not mistaken. No? Afternoon? Check out their website. YFC is looking for volunteers. Talk to Dawson. Kids Connect is starting up in October and is looking for volunteers. Make sure to talk to Christine sooner rather than later. 
Deacons are going to be available after the service up front uh, if you need to pray about anything or share anything. And we are looking for children's church teachers as well as a Christian ed person. Talk to Bethany if you are interested. And I would encourage you to have those conversations now because we are getting to the point of the year that if you do not bring it up, then someone will bring it up with you. So it's so much easier if you're the one that approaches. But all right, any more announcements? All right, so just to elaborate a little bit on the children's te church teachers, I think my announcement about a month ago was a bit confusing. So we've kind of used the terms Sunday school and children's church interchangeably, but the children's church um, program will be Sunday school. So in the second half approximately of the service. Um, the kids ages around three to 13 will head to the back for their own teaching time. So it'll just be during the sermon and then the closing song and benediction. So we'll remain with the adult Sunday school class before the service, but there won't be any children's programming before the service. It'll happen during that sermon block. So just so you know, if you're thinking about volunteering, you don't like getting up early, no problem. You won't have to come early to church. It'll be during, during the service. So I will be texting and calling you all this week, not all of you, but to try and get the volunteers in place and finalize the curriculum, and we'll aim to start by the end of this month. Thanks. And as I have mentioned before, we know of a number of people from the community that are not plugged in with any church one way or the other that want to come to Children's Church. And so that is definitely a place where we need volunteers. So please pray for uh, that for yourself and others over the week to come. All right, any other announcements? Okay, then let's go to items of prayer. Uh, for Noel, uh, as you probably saw from the email, then she fractured her uh, radius and ulna, and she will tell you that. She has... Very, uh, she likes saying radius and ulna now, which is just adorable. Uh, but uh, she fractured both of them during the week in a unfortunate trip in winters. <laughs> and uh, we have a hard cast on there now. And uh, the hope is, is that it'll be off by September 23rd. But so far, she is in great spirits. The fact that you can draw on casts uh, is very uh, entertaining to her. And but we're also running out of blank space on that cast. And so I think that we are near the turning point on when this is gonna start getting really unfortunate. So let's continue to pray for Noel. Let's pray that it heals up right and that the 23rd comes uh, quickly. Uh, I'd also ask for a prayer for our family for Shannon. Uh, Shannon is on the short uh, list to get her gallbladder removed, hopefully by the uh, she has pre-op at the end of the month. Uh, she used to have attacks, as many of you know, uh, with her gallbladder back when she was pregnant with Noel, and then afterwards, and then it was completely fine, and then over the last three or four months, she's had like five or six attacks. And so she is looking forward to getting it out, but at the same time, just that that surgery comes up and the care afterwards and everything, that, that those details fall into place. So. I'd ask for prayer for our family as we figure it out. September is going to be a real busy month, but at the same time, hopefully we come out of it happier and healthier than ever. So, 
Uh, let's pray for our students and teachers as they return. Uh, teachers have very much so already been back at it for quite some time now, but students return on Thursday. And so let's pray for the students as they return, although I think university, you're back on Tuesday, Wednesday? Tuesday, Wednesday. So we want to pray for them too as they get back into the rhythm of things. Uh, and we want to pray for the teachers as well, that it's going to be a wonderful school year. And now for things to add. Uh, Anne Neufeld uh, has been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. So we want to pray for her. And we want to pray for John, and we want to pray for the family. I don't think the news comes as too much of a surprise, but that's difficult. And she is our sister in Christ, so we want to pray for her. And so let's go into a time of prayer. Dear God, we come before you even in the hardest of times first in praise of who you are how we have seen you work. Noel, thank you that she managed to get in with the specialist as quickly as she did, only two days. That is almost unheard of these days. And thank you that it didn't require any further setting or surgery or anything like that. And we pray that she will be a trooper straight through till when they need to take the cast off and any recovery that needs to happen after that. I also want to Say thank you for Shannon, who, with both girls in hand and one very upset, was there in emergency room for all of those hours. Thank you for giving her the strength to go through that. But God, we pray for Noel that that healing will happen swiftly. And we also want to pray for Shannon with the upcoming surgery for her gallbladder, that there will be no more attacks between now and then, and that she can get an appointment that works very well. And that once that is out, then that is the end of this, this situation. God, we pray for that. And that all of the details get sorted out as well. And God, we want to pray also for our students and our teachers as they are heading back. We want to say thank you for our teachers who have already been back at it for a little bit. God, we pray that they will have that feeling that this is going to be a wonderful year for as long as possible. And God, we pray that after that feeling fades, it'll be replaced with a true feeling that it is a wonderful year. God, we pray, be with them. Give them the strength as they continue to prepare, and then when Thursday comes and the kids show up, help them to hit the ground running. God, that we pray. And thank you for all that they do to care and teach the little ones of our town. It is truly inspiring. And we want to pray for our students as well as they head back to university as well as to primary. God, we pray that these next few days before that they head back, that they will be exactly the rest and 
centering and everything they need to hit the ground running come this coming school year, that it will be a wonderful year for them, that that adjustment to school life will come quicker than it ever has before. God, we look forward to seeing all of the ways that you will work through them over the year to come. But God, we pray, calm whatever nerves are there before they head off, that it will be a wonderful year. And God, now we want to pray for Anne and the diagnosis that she has. God, you have been with Anne for many years, and we know that you will continue to be with her now. And so we put this situation in your hands. Please give her the strength that she needs. Please give her the comfort that she needs. We pray for John the same. God, we know that you are the God of all things, and we know that you are here. And so we look forward to seeing how you will be at work. God, all of these things we put before you and we place them at your feet. Amen. All right. Today we come to the end of our series that we have been going through on the big things that can cause us to fall away from God, the big things that can cause us to feel distant from Him, the big things that can strain that relationship to the point where we feel that we are in completely different places as well as the things that the church has found over its history were effective ways of, of dealing with exactly that. And if I was to sum up the series so far, I would say kind of all of the reasons fall into one of two big categories. The first would be, it is very easy to feel distant from God for reasons that come back to, possibly without even knowing it, following somebody or something other than God. We talked about this a lot when we talked about following false masters and our false self about a month ago. When we talked about how being overly busy all of the time causes us to lose sight of God and instead follow other things. Sin falls into this category. The things that we get overly obsessed with fall into this category. And other things that we think of as just as important to God, even if we don't know that we're doing that, fall into this as well. If we are following something other than God, it shouldn't surprise us that we are not in the same place. And the other major group of things that can cause us to feel distant from God I would say our, whether we know it or not, not actually seeking after him in the first place. When we talked about scripture, we talked about this. We talked about worship way back in the misty dawns of time, which was June. We talked about this. About how 
sometimes without even knowing that we're doing it, we stop searching after God in the first place. And then again, it shouldn't surprise us that if we're not looking for him, then we can't feel him near to us because, I mean, we're not looking. And today, we're going to be talking about the last of the major things that can cause us to feel distant from God, and it kind of falls mostly under that second heading. Because today we're talking about issues that surround prayer that can cause us to feel distant from God. And unfortunately, when I was trying to think about what we were going to talk about today, I realized that the sermon that originally I wanted to give today, I actually gave about three months ago. And so that kind of took a bit of the wind out of my sails as far as what I was going to do when I started writing it out. And I'm like, this sounds familiar. But then I did what I did and went searching and researching a little bit more. And I came across a thought that I found particularly useful and a metaphor I found particularly insightful that the church has, again, used for quite a long time. And I'm going to share that one with you today. And hopefully it shows a little bit about some of the reasons we can feel distant from God in a way you might not have thought of before. And so, as has been going before, I'm going to start off with a little story. So, I'm going to need you to do a little bit of imagining, and by that, put your imagination cap on. When's the last time you heard that term before, imagination cap? And imagine that you are 18 again. Oh, to be 18 again. Or in some of your cases, are 18. And imagine you are... I don't know, where do people find other people these days? I know it's not going to be at the mall, but I'm going to say at the mall. That's where it was when I was young. You went to the mall, that's where you met other people. Imagine you're at the mall, and then you're at the food court. You're eating something from, I don't know, A&W. And across the food court, you see them. You see somebody that's just the type that's like, I, I need to go talk to you. And so you get up and you walk over there. And the entire time you're walking over there, you are just preparing that icebreaker, the one that you know is going to do its magic, the one that is the best that you can think of. And you're standing there right in front of them and you're like, do you know the problem with elephants in the Arctic? They always break the ice. And that person doesn't even laugh that much. And there's a one count, and a two count, and it's just definitely painful. And then they do the most amazing thing that you have ever seen before in your life. And they completely ignore that and say, we're going to pretend that didn't happen. My name is, and they shake your hand. And from that point on, you start talking, and you talk a little more, and you talk a little more. And before you know it, you're finding that into the early hours of the morning you're talking, and into the earlier hours of the afternoon you were talking. And every moment of it is exactly as invigorating as the moment before, if not more so. And it just grows, and it grows, and it grows. And your relationship, it just is what you think of. 
Everything about that relationship is electric. Everything about that conversation is fully open. It is free-flowing. It is, this is the person that is amazing in every way, shape, and form in your mind. And then something weird happens. After this goes on for a while, let's say a couple years, and something strange what was before just the relationship and the conversation that you woke up just waiting to hear, it becomes commonplace. You begin to just kind of go through the motions with it. And here I'm not speaking bad of going through the motions. Going through the motions can keep you going for years and years and years. It gives you that foothold that you need to step up if you're wanting to reignite something. Going through the motions is a wonderful thing. But it also is not what it was. You begin to find that you just take for granted that they're always going to be there. You begin to find that you're talking to them less and less and less. And when you are talking, you begin to find that what comes from you is not that free and open. It's closed. It's guarded. That's a metaphor for some of the big problems that can come with prayer as well. And it's a particularly insightful one. The Bible talks a lot about prayer. That shouldn't come as a surprise. It starts really straight from the beginning. We don't really think of when Adam walked with God as prayer, but walking and talking with God, that's, he was more in prayer than pretty much anyone until someone we're going to talk about in just a little bit. Same with Enoch. They walked together and then taken off. Then sin comes into it, and then the fall comes into it, and it ends up being a very different thing than what prayer is. And when I think of prayer after that fact, where it is a much more distant thing, there are still these heroes of prayer throughout the Bible. I think about Daniel in the story of the lion's den. That one always comes to me when I think of just people that are in prayer in Scripture. The story where the advisors are trying to take this Daniel down a couple pegs so they convince the king, you should make it so only you can pray to the king and no one else. And anyone that gets caught praying to anyone else, then they'll get thrown to the lion's den. And then they immediately go to Daniel, who exactly like clockwork at the same time every day sits down and prays. And then they throw him to the lions. And then after three days spending time with the cuddly kittens, then out he comes and the king is like, what have I done? I think of Daniel when I think of just those heroes of prayer in the Bible, in part because I think of my dad a little bit. That same amount of every day at this time, that is your time in prayer, and Daniel does that. When you go on, then you come to Jesus, of course. And it's impossible to read Jesus without reading prayer. How does Jesus' ministry begin? It begins with fasting and praying in the desert before the temptation 
comes, that fasting and praying, that being fully open to the one who is who provides us from everything, the one who is just our God. And that when he has done that, when he is fully there in the presence of God after these 40 days, then he can survive that temptation and it doesn't phase him in the slightest. And then later on, after the rest of the teachings of prayer that come through Jesus' ministry and we get to the end of it, then I think of Gethsemane where he is just painfully open with God sharing his concerns and his fears to a point where I think when we read it all of these years later, it still makes us a little uncomfortable just how bare Jesus is with our Father above in prayer. Come follow me, Jesus calls us. To be a Christian is to be in prayer. To be a Christian has to be in prayer has to be before our Lord and God in that way because we're told to follow him. And if we are not in that prayer, then how do we know which way to go, right? There's a reason that we are called to be in prayer. There's a reason that as Christians it is part of who we are because We are called to a relationship, and what relationships do you have where you are not talking to the one you were in a relationship at all, right? There's been many studies done on the prayer lives of Christians in the church. The most recent one came from about 2022 that I know of. It was Pew Research, and it laid out that the number of people that pray on a given uh, week is about 50%, the number of Christians that do. Uh, In a given month, it actually only goes up to about 60. In many different studies where they ask Christians what it is that they feel they need to improve, what it is that they feel that they are lacking as far as being close to God, Something doing with prayer is usually pretty close to the top. Either I don't pray enough or I just don't feel that same, that same feeling in prayer that I did when we were young and starting to hang out. Or some amount of just, God is commonplace to me now. I think when we think about prayer, we very often place it in this place of being somewhat mystical, somewhat magical. Prayer is completely unlike any other form of relationship conversation that we have in any other place in our life. And to a certain extent, that is true. You are talking to God. But at the same time, any issues that you have in prayer with God As we see from scripture, as we see from how before we walked with God and were free with God and then after the fall, that's when it becomes stilted. That's when it becomes difficult. That's when the problems come into it. It's pretty clear from scripture that the problem with 
prayer that can crop up. They are problems on our side. And because there are problems on our side, there are problems with communication on our side. The same issues that we can have in communicating with our spouses or our friends or what have you. It would be weird if they couldn't come into the same problems we have communicating with God. These are the issues that come when we communicate. So, obviously, these are the issues that are going to come into our communications with God as well. We would not be human if they didn't. And when it comes to issues that come into communication, those are kind of three of the big ones. As you can ask from anybody that's had friends for a long time and they've fallen out of touch or come back into it, or anyone that's been married for a long time and they've gone through stages of feeling distant and stages of feeling near. When it comes to issues with communication, they usually fall into those three, like there's others, but these are the big three issues with the amount that you're actually talking, issues with being unable to open ourselves to the one that we are in communication with, or issues that surround, you're just around each other to the point where you take them for granted, and no one likes being taken for granted. And in the Bible, we can see that. In the Bible, we can see exactly these three things being addressed because we can see how the great heroes of the faith show us how we are supposed to pray. Daniel is somebody that the advisors know right off the hop. If we want to catch him in the act, we go to this person at exactly this time. Prayer is something that is meant to be ongoing. As Jesus says, never ceasing, right? And so when it ends up not being that, when it ends up being distant from that and not being a frequent thing, obviously that's going to be a part of the problem. Prayer is something that is meant to be that radical openness, that being willing to share the deepest parts of who we are with our Lord, as we can see by the fact that when Jesus Christ does that, it still hits a chord with us. And so when it isn't that, when it's us being restrained, even though God knows everything going on, when we hold back anyway, obviously that is going to cause issues with how close we feel to God in prayer. You're withholding yourself. That will always cause conversation. That will always cause communication to feel as less than it should be. And obviously, when the God of all creation, above all, we begin to treat him as just commonplace, as just kind of there, as someone that we know we can depend upon to the extent that we don't actually need to put in an effort anymore. 
obviously that will cause issues with being close to God in prayer. As we know from the fact that that very thing has torn apart more marriages than anyone can count. These have been problems that have existed in prayer for a long time, throughout the entire history of the church, and before that as well, as you can see, as the fact they come up in the Bible themselves. And that means that the church has a lot of history in addressing exactly these problems in prayer. And so do any of these things ring a bell in your own prayer life? I'm betting they do. Or at least they have at some point. Well, the church knows exactly what has worked in the past. Do you have the problem where in your prayer life you just feel that you do not pray enough? Either you're not praying at all, like 50% of North Americans, or you just want to pray more. Nuns and monks are interesting on this one. You can see it in what Daniel did as well. But nuns and monks, once they've taken the habit and worked up to that point, will actually pray seven times a day. And it isn't just seven times, like they'll pray far more than that, but seven times structured in a day. They wake up in the middle of the night is one of them. When they wake up uh, after like a full night's sleep, there's another. Then the three meals. Then together at night and then once before bed, that's eight. Huh, there you go. They pray in a structured way, though. It is particularly at this time. And then at this time. And then at this time. And that has a very interesting effect. Because what that causes is for your day to revolve around prayer. It causes your day to revolve around communication with God. And when your day begins to do that, when your day begins to revolve around that plugging in with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, when it is tied into that, and that is what your day is, revolving around that. Then you begin to see God in a completely new way. Then we can begin to see that God is there with us every moment. Though you might not be actually physically praying continuously, In a very real way, your day becomes about your relationship with God. Now, obviously, if you are not praying at all, you're not going to want to completely jump over to seven times. That's that's not the way that you keep up or start things. You don't go from zero to 60 and then expect that that's going to carry on. That's just not how people work. But if you feel that you do not pray enough, or you feel you do not pray at all, may I suggest that you try picking a time, and then that is when you pray, and then you guard that. It doesn't need to be for long. It doesn't need to be just 
the end all depth of perfect prayer every time you pray, but make it consistent and make it at that time. The nature of our lives are that while they tend to be a bit of a rotation about we have our habits, we have our routines, they also tend to shift this way. They tend to shift that way. So if you have a moment that is stable, a moment that will not change, and that moment is prayer, in a very real way, your life and your day become centered around that. Do you feel that you do not spend enough time in prayer? That will fix it. Because then your whole day, your whole life begins to center around just that. Do you feel maybe that isn't your problem? Maybe you feel that you are praying just perfectly fine and instead you feel that you just don't have that closeness with God that you used to, that openness. The church has a good long history on this one too. This is a particularly common problem amongst men of our day. It's a weird one. We like to think that men are stoic, men don't share their feelings. That's not actually historically true at all. Throughout most of history, men were encouraged to be overly emotional about everything because that's how you showed that you cared, right? That's how you showed that you were someone that was going to be that center of the community. That's not so much how it works in our culture. We kind of teach our boys to be strong, be stoic, hold it in. But when we do that, a really weird thing and very unfortunate thing happens is that you don't actually learn the language for how to share what's in yourself to begin with. You only learn that language of how to share what you feel, how to share what's going on inside of you if you do it, right? That's how languages work. If you're trying to learn a new language, you practice it a little bit every day until you get better and better and better and better. That is how learning how to talk about things in our own lives works as well. It takes practice. It takes a conscious effort. And unfortunately, by teaching the men of our society that you you bottle it up, you keep it in, we're taking that language from them. But it can still be learned. It can still be learned. And this isn't just saying that this is just a guy thing. This is an everybody thing. But do you feel that you are not close to God because you are not open? Then pick a time, a safe time, Give yourself a block that you know that you're not going to be interrupted with. And then whatever the thing is in your life that is that weighing on your soul, whatever the thing is that is in your life that is that consuming you, talk with God around it and around it and around it and around it until you feel that you have finally expressed what it is that you think, what it is that you feel, what it is that you need to express. And then stop. 
later on, come back when there is another thing on your mind and do the same. And you can learn how to do that as well. You can learn how to express these deep things that you don't quite know how to think about, that are just in the aether of your head, that every time you try to express them and you know you don't have the words, you just kind of get a bit angry about them. You can learn how to put that into words with God. And while it's true that God knows us throughout his entirety, doesn't mean that he doesn't want to hear about it, right? Think about the people in your life that you love, your spouse. Think about the people that in your life that you care for, your friends, right? They know what's going on with you most of the time. But at the same time, they want to hear. They just want you to open up. You have problems feeling that you're not open with God? Give that a try. Just as we see Jesus in Gethsemane. Finally, do you have problems feeling like you were taking God for granted? This is another very common one in the world today because we live in a place that is getting an awful lot of blessings every moment of the day. And so the idea that we rely on God for our daily bread is something that kind of feels more of an abstract thought because we get our daily bread one way or the other. Not so back in the day when if you did one meal in a day, then you were doing pretty good for yourself. There's a reason why prayer and fasting are always such a common thing together in Scripture. Because this is exactly what fasting can do in a wonderful way. When we fast, and we fast from something that is truly that, that need in us, and we spend that time in prayer, then in some small way it dawns on us just what it means for God to be the one that provides all things. We can relearn that dependence on him. We can relearn that feeling that God is not just something to be taken for granted or someone that is always just there, but God is constantly doing that for us. That is what fasting can do as every pang of hunger brings you back before the Lord saying thank you for the rest of my life when you give this to me. I will say the same thing for fasting now as I always have, which is that if you have nutritional issues or diabetes or if you have issues with eating disorders or anything like that, maybe fasting from things other than food might be a way to go. Because there are other needs in our lives where that same feeling can happen, where when it is apart from us, then we see just what it means that God is there. Do you have an issue with taking God for granted? Then that fasting. There is a reason that we see the Lord when he begins his ministry doing this and showing us that he is dependent on our God. Do you feel in your life that you have issues when it comes to prayer? Either you don't pray enough, either you are just 
distant or you feel like you take God for granted. These have been feelings that have existed straight from the beginning of church. These have been issues that have existed since the beginning of the Bible itself. But what that means is that we have a long, long history of solutions to the problem that have worked for countless believers before us. And so if this describes you, give it a try. Then you can see that you can be added to that number of people that it has worked for before as well. I invite you to stand as we close and sing together, leaning on the everlasting arms. Just a reminder, 3 p.m. today, care home service. I hope you can make it. And for our benediction, we turn to the book of 2 Corinthians. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go now and serve our wonderful God. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? 